can the Ducks stop taking so many penalties? It's ridiculous. How are they getting all these penalties, yet somehow winning another game on the road? Can you believe that? We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. I'm currently the public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. But we won't talk about them today. We'll talk about minor league hockey later on this week for Goals Thursday. In the meantime, we're going to do this episode a little bit differently. So normally I have my biggest take on the first segment and then talk about the game. But considering that my biggest take is kind of a negative one, I'm going to go away from the norm and make this one a compliment sandwich where I talk about something good, fill it in with something not so good because I don't want to start in a bad mood and I don't want to end on a bad mood. So we're going to talk about the game itself first because it'll lead into everything else and you'll get what I mean. The Ducks ended their four-game road trip in the Motor City, Detroit. The Red Wings are pretty decent this season. Uh, There was a little bit of, not drama, but a little bit of uncertainty because Mason McTavish has been practicing with the team. Jamie Drysdale, he looks like he's close to ready. In fact, there was a report that went out over the weekend that Trevor, Jamie, and Mason were close. Close to coming back, I guess. Mason McTavish was on the ice for warm-ups, but... George Malik at George Malik had it first that Mason McTavish was a late scratch along with Robert Haig and Bo Grew. So the Ducks have mostly the same lineup, I guess. But hey, you know what? I mean, Steve Carroll did have it on his report that especially Drysdale and Mason were very close to returning. So you got to think that They're going to come back soon, right? I think Mason McTavish, if he's out there warming up, he might come back on Thursday. And I think he's the most important piece to come back right now. So at least we got to see him in the pregame skate. But once the game started, oh man, it started off with a bang. Right away, the forecheck looked fantastic. Ducks were flying, pun intended, across the neutral zone with gusto. And Radko Gudis scored the first goal of the game. What a beauty. And you know who got the assists? Brett Leeson and Adam Henrique. Yeah, Rico still going strong. Especially after Sunday's hat trick. Rico scored that one. Making it 1-0 Ducks early on. They look fantastic off the gate. Almost 2-0 about two minutes later. Because Troy Terry 
had what seemed like a wide open net. Huso gave up a juicy rebound. But looking on the replay, Vile Huso got just enough of that shot, like barely enough to deflect it outside the goal. So yeah, I'll admit it was it was a pretty good save by Vile Huso. He looked pretty decent early on, I guess. And then later on in the first period, it became 2-0 because, as I always say, and I did tweet this, so <clears throat> let the kids play. You know I say that all the time, so I'm saying it here. Let the kids play. Leo Carlson got a loose puck out in front, and he kind of like passed it back, not like a no-look pass, but just barely saw Minty. Passed it back, and Mintikov just buried it. I mean, he got a great shot on it. That actually deflected off of a Red Wings defenseman, so that made it 2 nothing. still with 11 minutes left in the first period. So, great job, Minty. Love to see it. But I'm going to give a little bit of credit here to Troy Terry because Troy Terry got a great secondary assist, and I'll talk more about Troy Terry in the final segment here because we we got to talk about Terry's play in general but in that play specifically and a couple others we'll get to that later then as we saw the ducks just start to really put it on Detroit you know the ducks were getting the 50-50 pucks the four check was working the neutral zone looked really good they looked like the fresher team they looked like they were the ones that had a day off not the red wings The Red Wings, in fact, had Sunday off. The Ducks just came off a big win in New Jersey. They had to fly out of Newark, get to Detroit late the previous night, barely got any rest because they had to go back and play another game right right after that. But they looked like the fresher team. So they got all the 50-50s. And then later on, it became three... Well, here's what happened first. So it got a little bit testy, you know... Dostal got just wrecked by Clint Costin. Costin just barreled over Lukas Dostal. And, you know, Dostal, like, was shaken, but he remained in the game. You know, like, he looked fine. He's like, okay, like, I'm a little shaken, but I'm okay. I'm okay there. So Costin got a penalty. Then it got worse because Vile Husso left the game. And what happened there was he tried to make a diving save and just got a little bit of a hitch, and it looked like it may have been a groin that happened there, a groin injury on Costin. He couldn't really skate completely well under his own power. He needed help getting off the ice. So, you know, that's where that's where it happened. Now, yeah, this was tough. This was tough. James Reimer then came in goal. And then Justin Hull got penalized. So Ducks won on a power play. Another one. And Adam Henrique got a great tip in from a Cam Fowler point shot. So right now, 3-0 Ducks. And oh, by the way, that was not embellishment. That wasn't a freaking dive. That was a valid penalty. You know who you are. Yeah, valid penalty. You want to talk about penalties? We'll get to that later. So 3-0. Ducks looking good. Adam Henrique 
still strong. Two points in the first period. Second period, Troy Terry. Now, Troy Terry, I thought, looked great on that one. You know, he got a nice, nice goal. Nice, nice shot. Four nothing Ducks. And then the wheels started to fall off. Petrie scored just a few seconds after that. 4-1 Detroit. Then Detroit starts coming back through a fault of the Ducks and their lack of discipline. You see where I'm going with this, folks, right? The penalties started to pile up again and again and again. The Ducks took one penalty. Minty tripped. Then Vetrano cross-checked. But then it became... Four on four for a little bit. Nothing happened there, but we had a couple of close calls on that four on four. Then the third period. And it was just penalty ridden. Now, Ross Johnson did hook against Christian Fisher. Well, you know what? That one was embellishment. <laughs> but Johnson still hooked. Then Dostal got in on the action and tripped Joe Valino. That was a that that was a trip. Dostal just went after him. And then Ryan Strome penalty. Yeah, so it, it just got bad. And then Radko Gudis was holding the stick of JT Comfort. That was a bad penalty. Radko Gudis did not need to take that penalty. And then Minty, a double a four-minute penalty on Christian Fisher. Now on that penalty, that was kind of a weird one. The first one, Alex DeBrinket scored, making it 4-2. to two. On that second four-minute penalty, DeBrinket did score just as the penalty clock went to two minutes. They looked on replay, and they actually used tenths of a second here. And they saw that the puck had crossed right at... 229 just as the first penalty had expired. So Debrinket did get credit for that power play goal, but if that puck had crossed a second or even half a second earlier, then it would have been on the first power play and the Ducks would have been down a man for another two minutes. So whew, close call there. Ducks dodge a bullet. Instead of allowing a possible three power play goals, they only allowed two power play goals, but that was just enough. Ducks won this one 4-3. to three. So many penalties, but Dostal saved their butt. Dostal looked great, especially in that end of the second, third period. If it wasn't for Lukash Dostal, who knows what would have happened. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. Talk about penalties, penalties, penalties. We will get to that on the other side. Now a word from the Game Time app. Now look, I've been using Game Time for a number of years to get a plethora of tickets to several sporting events across Southern California. Angels tickets, Dodgers tickets. I've used it for the Lakers. So it is the best place to get last minute deals all-in prices, views from your seats. And it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have concerts. They have other sports. And that's one reason why I love game time. Another reason is they find ways to help you save money on tickets. 
and they have exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals for all kinds of events, including theater, comedy, and so much more. There's also the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now that I talked about the good of the game, now we're going to get to the part of the podcast where I'm going to be a little bit, not angry, but a little bit... And that has to do with penalties. The Ducks take an awful lot of those. They have pretty much all season long. The lack of discipline seems to get worse as the game went on. Now, early on, they only had one penalty in the first period, one in the first part of the second period. Not too bad. But somewhere past maybe the third TV timeout is when the wheels started to really fall off and the Ducks started taking dumb penalties again. The Frank Vitron okay, the Vitrano penalty, the cross-checking one, that one I I get I get that penalty, but he didn't need to do that at that particular situation. Vitrano could have done a better job just going after the puck and playing the puck instead of playing the body and getting the cross-check. That was a bad penalty. The Ross Johnston one, that that was just a hilarious penalty because I can't believe Fisher actually got nailed for embellishment there. I kind of laughed at the dive on that one and I said, oh man, he sold. My first thought was, man, he sold that penalty. Then when I saw him go in the box, I was like, they got him, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, got him for diving. The Dostal trip, that one, I kind of laughed at that one because Dostal isn't really the kind of guy that has like as much of an edge as a John Gibson. But I could see why Dostal was starting to get ticked off. He was ticked off because he got run earlier in the game. That one I understand completely. Clem Costin running Dostal over earlier in the game kind of rattled him, kind of ticked him off. And Dostal was saying like, okay, like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm just going to like go near him and bam, just trip him right there. I get that one. The Ryan Strom one. That cross check. Okay. Ah. Strom had a match penalty earlier this season. Not a particularly good hit. The only good thing was he baited uh, Rasmussen from also taking a roughing penalty. So it was coincidental minors. So that one did not result in a power play. But it was still the kind of thing where... Rasmussen, I think, was going to get the initial penalty. And Strom didn't... He shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have. He could have left it alone. And he didn't. And I think that's where Strom has to know how much time is left. He has to know that the Ducks have a lead. And they probably would have gone on the power play. But instead, it was 
just coincidentals. So I'm like, ah, oh, crap. A bad penalty. The Gudis penalty. Radko Gudis was getting tired on this game. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. He was getting tired. He didn't have to hold on to JT Confer stick for 10 freaking seconds. You know, he got away with it for the first couple of seconds. Ref's arm didn't go up right away. So, okay, he may have gotten away with one. Then a couple more seconds. Okay, nothing yet. Gudis still getting away with this. But then as, Gud- as Gudis is kind of slipping and slowing down, he grabbed the stick again. Ugh. Great. Ref's arm goes up. Penalty. That one was bad. The one that was worse was the minty four-minute penalty. He kind of swung his stick a little bit violently and caught Christian Fisher. Now, I kind of have to laugh slightly on this one because I also looked at the um, Twitter feed of um, um, George Malik at the time. And I kind of laughed at a particular tweet. Um, George Malik, by the way, um, covers the Red Wings. And he even conceded that on that penalty, <laughs> um, yeah, he he may have not so much embellished this one, but he definitely took his time on that one. And I'll quote the tweet from George Malik. That's milk in a call as much as I've ever seen it in my life. I'm sorry, that's funny. I don't care whether you're a Wings fan or a Ducks fan or a neutral observer, but my gourd did Fisher milk that bleed till it bled for him. You gotta be a character to try to get your eyelid to bleed till it actually bleeds. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Milk and penalties. If the Ducks are going to do that against a team like Detroit, um, don't. <laughs> Like, there is a reputation for the Ducks already as being the most penalized team. And, you know, they they got baited. They got baited big time. And that's what happened. It It was dumb. Just dumb. Luckily for the Ducks, the Red Wings didn't score on the first power play. So, yeah, the Ducks got slightly lucky with that one. Oh, by the way, um, I will mention, I didn't mention this in the first segment, Lukash Dostal going for a goalie goal. <laughs> that was brilliant. Dostal really wanted it, but it didn't happen. So, yeah, Ducks won 4-3, but the penalties. Let me give you some numbers, shall I? Because I feel like I need to give these numbers here. The Ducks are the most penalized team in the NHL. The Ducks, through 31 games, have 453 penalty minutes. Through 31 games, the team next on the list. The Florida Panthers at 359. They've had 100 less penalty, almost 100 less penalty minutes than their nearest team. Ducks by far lead in penalty minutes. They lead in penalty minutes per game with a whopping 14 and a half. They've committed the most minor penalties at 151 and counting. Yeah, that's where they're really, really leading the league. But as far as the penalty kill, 
This is what's a little more alarming. The Ducks don't have a good enough PK percentage to keep taking all these penalties. Their PK percentage is right in the middle, 80%. Right smack in the middle of the of the league. Something that I don't like to see. They've been shorthanded 141 times this season. They have allowed 28 power play goals. That is not the most in the league, thank God. Three-way tie between the Wild, Sharks, and Canadians with 29. Ducks are next with 28. So, hey, thank goodness. They don't lead the league in that. What they also lead the league in is penalty kill time. Their shorthanded time on ice, a whopping 225 minutes. Bruins are next at 182 minutes. The Ducks are shorthanded way too much this season. They're allowing too many shots on goal. They're shorthanded way too much. It This is a thing that's got to stop. There's 51 games left. They cannot just keep taking all these penalties. They just, just stop it. Please. It's frustrating. Do you know how frustrating it is to see... Ducks are on a penalty kill. Ducks are on a penalty kill. They're on a penalty... I get it. I hate it. Please stop taking penalty challenge. All right. We're going to head to the second intermission. Talk about Troy Terry to finish this podcast. See, we're going to end positive. So stay locked in. Now a word from FanDuel. As the weather gets chillier, the NFL and NHL... Offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've thought about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, and much more. So, Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season and NHL season properly. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. We're going to end on a positive here because we're going to talk about Someone who has been getting hotter lately. And you know who that is, right? Troy Terry. Yeah, my boy Troy Terry or Troy Vetchkin is starting to heat up a little bit. There were some of you on YouTube, some of you on Twitter, that were saying that Troy Terry is not necessarily washed, but, you know, Troy Terry is gone. He's not doing well this season. It's kind of a loss. Like, yeah. I, I know what some of the fans are saying. And you know what? I'm going to come out and say it. It might insult a couple of you. <laughs> you were wrong. Troy Terry, all along, has been a great player. He has been snake bitten this season. When you look at what Troy Terry has had to put up with this season, it has been shifting lines left and right. He's had to deal with... You know, this person and that person. And it's been 
pretty much all season long. His shooting percentage at one point was a meager 7%. So you knew that was going to even out because league average is about 10 to 11. And we're starting to see that even out. In his last few games, his last five games, he's gotten six points. And he's looked solid in his last five games. I go back to the game against um, Winnipeg where he was starting to get something a little bit, you know, like starting to look for players a little bit more. The game against the Islanders, that's when I really noticed that he was starting to get aggressive again because he wasn't taking as many shots on goal. And all of a sudden at UBS Arena, he was starting to get more aggressive. And that's something that I really wanted to see. He got a goal in that game. The game at New Jersey. That's where he was starting to get really aggressive. And I think just this whole road trip, we were starting to see him take more shots, start to see him position himself better, start to really, instead of like passing up a good shot, actually going for it. Again, he had that wide open net the other night and a stick went on it. Or actually, no, it was that last game where Troy Terry had a wide open net, but uh, Huso just got a piece of it. You know, that's a little bit of bad luck. Troy Terry later on did score a goal for the Ducks, making it 4-0. So that was a good goal in itself. In his last two games, four points. Against the Devils, goal and an assist. Against the Red Wings, goal and an assist. The passes are getting more crisp as well. So this is what we have expected all along from Troy Terry. Now he's got, as of this recording, eight goals and 12 assists. 20 points. All of a sudden, he's back up to 20 points this season in 31 games. Not quite a point per game yet. But he's starting to slowly climb back up again and starting to pile up the points. Maybe not exactly the Troy Terry that we're accustomed to. But again, he's had to deal with a slew of really weird lines, I think is the best way to put it. You know, he's had a line with Kalorn. He's been on a line with Leo Carlson. He's been on a line with Trevor Zegris. So there's mixing and matching. Or Kalorn, yeah. Kalorn, Zegris, McTavish, Henrique. At least four. I feel like I'm missing one at some point. But Troy Terry hasn't really had a consistent line pretty much all season long. And that has to hurt a little bit. But now that we're starting to get some regularity, we're starting to see him get back in a groove. Now the lines are probably going to shift again once Zegris well, and McTavish come back. Then we're going to see the lines shift around again. I think we're going to see the return of Strom, McTavish, and Vetrano. I think that line has been the best all season long. As far as Troy Terry... Um, Coach Greg Cronin has a decision to make. Z and Terry were on a line together earlier this season. It has been working lately for Troy Terry. The lines have been better as of recent. I'll even look at this last game in Detroit. Troy Terry was on a pretty solid line with Kalorn and Leo Carlson. And in fact, I think kind of like Carlson on that line a lot. Kalorn, I think, is fine. 
But the question is, when McTavish comes back, what do you do there? Well, you put Vetrano and Strom and McTavish on the line. Henrik could move up to line one. I think he's earned that. So what do you do with Kalorn? Do you put Kalorn back down to line three? Do you leave Leo Carlson up? Do you go Carlson, Zegras, Terry? Do you go Carlson, Henrik, Terry? Yeah, Coach Greg Cronin has a couple of tough decisions coming up. So I'd be really curious to see what Cronin does when those guys come back. But if you want my opinion on this, if you want a hot take, I don't think Zegris should go back to the first line right away. I think just for a game or two, maybe if you bring Z back, bring him back on the third line. Here's why. Henrique has earned his spot. Henrique has looked very good. Henrique and Terry have always had a good connection, so maybe put them up there. Leo, I think, has earned that spot as well, so maybe put Leo up there. I think they both have earned it in spades. So maybe go with that. Carlson, Henrique, Terry. Z has struggled big time this season. He's only got two points. The lack of a training camp hurt Zegris big time. The injury is hurting him right now. And he's just not getting the type of practice that he needs with those guys. So maybe just for a game or two, again, hot take. Put Z on the third line. Just for a game or two. Get him get him back on track. Get him going. Like just Try something different and see what happens instead of just sticking them on the first line right away. Ooh, that could ruffle some feathers if I say that. But again, I gave my reasons and I hope they're plausible reasons for you guys watching or listening. But, you know, you cannot deny Henrique four goals in his last couple of games. Troy Terry, four points last two games. I'm just saying. All right, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Email LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the night. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together.